Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm a Virgo. But you already knew that. I mean, I'm out. <laughs> oh, and over here, Libra as ever, it's Britain. Happy New Year, guys. We're back. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new year full of new possibilities. Yeah, we didn't do a New Year's episode, so... Uh, yeah, that's true. Good. Just hopped right on over. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing we're doing uh we're we're back on actual franchises. Yeah. Uh, which is which, which is we nice. did do for the last two we did we did, did two we, franchises. We did, did did we we did two trilogies. Did we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Um do you guys <laughs> do you guys have any new year's resolutions? Did you guys do you guys do any of that? Um the the only resolution that I I've stuck with so far is to not see cats. It's going pretty well. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Aim high, brother. Technically, I did not see it this year. That's true. So I didn't either. I think, in Fair a way, enough. we're all... That's all our new year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, guys, this year I resolved I want... I want to talk less and listen more. I, I want to be wooed. <laughs> I made myself giggle. I thought that was going to be a Hamilton reference. No, it wasn't. Um, no, talking more and listening would be less. Good, that would I'll keep one, joining this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. No. I. I did think to myself. I think I'm actually going to try to talk more and listen less. I okay. think that's actually. What, I think we've already started on that one. <laughs> My influence is palpable. Uh, I actually did think to myself. You know, I something I do want to do now that we're getting back. To after after our, our long vacation from James Bond, I was like, you know what, I want to go into this one as open minded as I can be because you know, as someone who and I'm generally pretty open minded about movies, and you don't, I, I just because you're open minded doesn't mean you have to like something. But if I, I can't ask people to take my recommendations on this show or in real life seriously, if I'm not willing to be open minded about movies as well, and James Bond is a is a franchise that's been around for what 40, 50 years. I mean, a long time. And so it changes, it grows, you know, I, even though I haven't been crazy about any of the ones we've watched so far, you never know. So I tried to be, uh, I, I, I said, no, let's be a little more open-minded going into this in, in the interest of, of opening myself up to an experience and also to maybe feeling a little more, a little more comfortable in recommending my potentially esoteric movies to other people. So that with that lead in, what movie are we talking about for our first episode of 2020? Talking about The Living Daylights. Oh, James correct. Bond story. Scared him right out of me and right onto the screen. Did he did actually say it? He he says it. He sure does. But it's like 20 minutes in. Yeah, and he says it like it's a little joke and I'm like, that's not a joke, Tim. <laughs> Timothy. Timothy. <sighs> oh, little Timmy. So, Alex, you... Is, is that how we're going to refer to him for the next two episodes, Little Timmy? Well, little Timmy. <laughs> little Timmy. Well, I, but I got to say, guys, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I got a little indulgent over the holidays vis-a-vis... Uh, T-Dalt? <laughs> T-Dalt. <laughs> I th- sounds like some sort of weird goop-style-like company. <laughs> Here at T-Dalt, we send you no GMOs, even though GMOs aren't actually bad. Don't listen to people. Um, we believe in re-energizing the market. <laughs> And providing you value as the customer. This tea has CBD oil just right in it. <laughs> this is tea that is now in... you can get a little bit high without <laughs> feeling bad. This this is tea you just put in a bar of soap and just rub it on your on your nasty arm. 
<laughs> you, you weird artist painter lady. More man. Um, <laughs> Where did that just go? I don't know. <laughs> no, but I, well, see, I, I gotta say, during during the holidays, I got a little indulgent, as a lot of us do. A lot of sweets, a lot of sugar, a lot of hot chocolate, and I was like, "Man, I need some vegetables. I need some broccoli." Alex, what? Read us those scores. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> but you like the stupid title drop in the movie? Uh, I no, wind the, up in pitch these like things I'm are equally Johnson bad. Here. I was laughing at both. Ugh. I'm happy to see our old friend Cubby, Cub Scouts. Here we are, first meeting of 2020. Correct. The Living Daylights, directed by John George Romero. from 1987. It has, let's see what those scores are. It has a 72% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 66% audience score. Mm. So, pretty decent scores. Well, it's uh, the devil's and, number, so. And they are higher than well, the... Uh, they're higher than the past several Roger Moore films. It's not the really? devil's number, but it is uh, the order used to kill all the Jedi. That's so. true. Which in many ways oh, is worse. Yeah. No, I no, would I, say so. Yeah, and so now I get it because it references Alex's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he planned that. Is it really higher than the previous the Roger Moore movies? I never remember the scores. Uh, yeah, the last wow. several Roger Moore movies, I believe, are fairly low. We're going to have to – there's going to be some sifting through memories as I try to figure out which movies were which and which scenes came from which movies and which actors. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the one that's closest would be The Spy Who Loved Me. The rest are – Now, what was the one after Spy Who Loved Me? That's Moonraker. Moonraker, And And what was after that? I see what you're doing. I would also genuinely like to (laughs) know. I think that one was All right, let's let's start back – Roger Moore's you know, James audience. Bond filmography. We got Live and Let Die. We got The Man with the Golden Gun. We got The Spy Who Loved Me. We got Moonraker. We got For Your Eyes Only. We got Octopussy. Then we stopped for a week to do Sean Connery's Never Say Never Again, which we will never talk about again. Correct. And then A View to a Kill. Oh, jeez. That's like three more T-Dalt movies than I ain't thought looking we went so through. bad now, is he? Well. I mean... <laughs> I do enjoy okay. Mr. Pricklepants and Toy Alex, Story. what are your best things and worst things? Yeah. The best thing and worst thing about The Living Daylights. Why, thank you for asking, Tyler. Um, I'm going I'm to get this right out of the way because I, I don't know how much of a hot take this is anymore in terms of Timothy Dalton's portrayal as Bond. Because um, I think it, within the past like decade or so, particularly with the Daniel Craig movies, people have kind of taken a second look at Timothy Dalton mm-hmm. um, because, unfortunately, he only got two movies. Um, I wish he'd got more. Um, he is my second favorite Bond actor. Uh, Daniel Craig would be the first. Bond performance or Bond actor? Performance. Okay. Um, I think he, and this is mostly just because he's the closest to the books. Um, and that's actively what he's trying to go for. Sure. So I was immediately ex- more excited by that. Than, than just like, that, that, that's why a lot of times when he's spouting one-liners or saying trying to be snarky it comes off as kind of weird because it's not really what he's overall yeah. trying to go for um but i really like timothy dalton i'll be interested to, to hear your guys's thoughts on uh license to kill because that's a it's a much more serious film hmm. um yeah i'm curious about that one because this one is is a weird like transition movie where it yes. still feels kind of like a roger moore movie but they're trying to take it in a different direction 
Um, I don't know. For like the fifth time. Correct. Once again, the cycle of, hey, we got too ridiculous with the last movie. Let's try and ground it and make it more Fleming-like. Instead of just keeping it more Fleming-like. Anyways, my uh, favorite thing is going to be the theme song. Uh, oh, sure. Aha's The yeah. Living Daylights. Which I like that one. I feel like could come off as an insult to the movie overall, with that being my best thing. But mm-hmm. it's not, because the song is just that good. Yeah. Um, and it's probably like in my top five favorite Bond themes. Uh, I don't know. I feel like people don't really talk about it all that much, which is weird. Um, but it is one of those cases where I really like how they're able to weave in the theme into the score. There's a lot of really fun action set pieces where they're able to weave that in and immediately like gets, gets the blood plump pumping. You know what I mean? No, no, <laughs> I don't no. remember that coming up in the score. <laughs> oh. I believe I do, that it did. I, I believe do know, that I, did. I do know what you're talking about with regards to the score, but uh, I think I just must have missed it. I was catching Pokemon, but I dude. also have some concerns. So six badges. Okay, two to go. Now, now to be fair, I'm not going to give this movie like a super then high I'll grade, be the but I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Sure, sure, sure. No, I will give it a positive review, but it's not going to be like it's somewhere in the A range or anything crazy like that. Whatever. I was sure. laughing at my own Pokemon joke. Now, Britton, uh, hey, what Silent. is your very best, my like, no movie ever was? Thing about this movie, about any movie. <laughs> about this movie. Oh, okay. Because if we're talking about any <laughs> movie, look, look, thing. the point... We Sir Sharon and punched Timothy Chalamet in the arm. The, 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 <laughs> Little Women. The Pokemon, it was, there was... The, oh, the point was not Jiminy so much Christmas, the... Christmas, of course it was. <laughs> well, okay, in that case, it would probably be the moment where I... I think I caught a rufflet while I was watching this movie, which I know sounds like an illness. <laughs> it's not. It's just the nomenclature in those games has gone off the rails. Score bunny, come on. Um. Uh. For, okay. For Living Daylights, I'm going to say my. I think I'm going to land here in the squarely in the middle. For a guy named Britain, I'm going to be Switzerland today, and say that for me, the best thing, my, my best thing about this movie might be. Okay, it wasn't such a Pokemon joke, but still. Um, I think the – I'm going to say the camera stuff. And when I say that, what I mean is I feel like – and may, maybe I've edited my memories of the previous movies or, or it was just feeling particularly generous. But I feel like with, with exceptions, I feel like this movie, that the, the directing seemed a little smoother in this one. And I thought it was a very pretty film. I think there's a lot of lovely location shots. And maybe some of that is just that the higher picture quality as time goes on. Um, I mean, what was the – how many years had passed since the previous movie? It seems like many more, but it's probably just like two, right? Because yeah, just two. 20, 20 years later. 20 years later. But yeah, I, I feel like it's a, it's a visually very lovely, some beautiful shots in the desert when they were in Afghanistan, and there's a lot of... Um... Alex, did you do your worst thing? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I thought you started with that. No. I like camera stuff. Al- okay, we're going we're gonna to bounce back and forth. <laughs> back to Alex for worst thing. Actually, can I go with my worst thing? Yeah, do your worst <laughs> thing, and then Alex will do his worst thing. I'll do my worst thing, and you do your okay. best thing. Do, and do, then I'll ask the dog. Alex, do your worst. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for that. Um, my worst thing is just going to be the villains. Um 
I think the movie actually has like a fairly compelling plot, and I really like Timothy Dalton. Obviously, I like a lot of the action set pieces. I like the score. I like the music. Um, I think really where it falls flat is just the villains, and they're not really compelling at all. And I feel like, particularly with uh, Koskov, who's sort of, I guess he's the primary antagonist, even though he's not the last one that gets killed. Um, I feel like we find out way too early that he's a turncoat or that he's up to no good. Sure. Um, so by the time it, there's a reveal of like, oh, it's a, like his master evil plan, or like by the time Bond realizes it, or like, yeah, we we learned this like an hour ago. Um, and then also like he he's just not very intimidating or anything like that, and he has his backup, uh, heavy, which is another Red Grant knockoff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what's his name? Necros. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look that up. And he is now, not the last tall. <laughs> just <somehow laughs> disrupting the industry. Uh, guys, I was looking at this candy bar. It has 14 grams of Necros. That's so weird, right? That's not good, is it? I think, actually, Necros might be the best of the three villains that we're dealing with. Just You're because right. he's, got, he's got the quirk of listening to the music. And then yep. he's got the milk bombs, which are amazing and should be used oh in more God. of the movie. When I was watching <laughs> I that, I was like, that. what are we, playing Psychonauts all of a sudden? Which I'd be, <laughs> I would love to be doing. Who's the third villain? Koskoff, Necros, and, and uh, uh, Abednego? Whitaker. Like, Whitaker, yes. Jodon oh, Whitaker, Jodon Baker, yeah. Who shows up in Pierce Brosnan movies. He, he's in a hmm. couple of those as a completely he, different character. He also okay. shows up in two episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the film's Final Justice and Mitchell, <laughs> where he plays a tough action guy named Mitchell. So every time he does like a cool like car hood slide, they go, Mitchell. And he is a very funny person to me for those reasons. Sure. I think he's actually pretty good in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so you liked him in this. Um, I mean, you know, I thought, re- relative to Final Justice and Mitchell. <laughs> right. I thought his character was mildly compelling. I thought the, mm-hmm. the quirks of him owning, like, this big mansion where he's got, like, oh, I, I make up my own historical battles and stuff like that, and he'll just, like, whip out guns. The final action scene is, is kind of fun. It's stupid, sure. but it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like I, the idea of him being able to control his toys as weapons, except only one of them did he really use. <laughs> But I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I feel like the movie should have just kind of... This is one of those things where they kind of just splinter off the antagonist role to different people. Yeah. Um, and they really could have just gone with one bad guy, one heavy, and call it a day. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the villains are the weak part. And ultimately, the movie becomes a fairly forgettable in terms of just overall Bond canon because of that. Yeah. I – and this says more about me than it does about the movie. I'm, I've never been great at following spy movie plots. Um, just in general, I'm just not good at it or I don't try hard enough. But I don't remember the plot of this movie and I couldn't explain it while I was watching it. And I don't hold that against the film. I think I just – it's just me. No, I I don't completely blame you because I feel like the movie doesn't do the best job of pacing out the amount of information yeah. that's given about the plot. Like at sure. the very end yeah. when they're in Afghanistan, they're like, oh, there's this deal between the Russians and, and Whitaker's men and, and the Afghanis with with drugs and stuff. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where did this come from? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that ends up being like that. – that is the final set piece where they're like, we got to blow up all the, the opium. 
It's like the opium, like that just showed up into the plot. Yeah. So I, I no, I don't blame you for that. I think yeah. for the most part, the plot is fairly simplistic up until that point, and then it gets yeah. a little convoluted. Out of sure, sure, sure. When it yeah. didn't really need to be. Yeah. Right. Now, was that? Did you say your worst thing? Is that your worst? No, thing? no. My worst thing is not not to be uh, contradictory, but. Is, is not Timothy Dalton himself, but just the overall handling of Bond in this, by which I mean – and this goes to a larger qualm I have with the franchise as a whole. And I've talked before about really separate from anything, eh, James Bond is just not my cup of tea. That's fine. doesn't have to be. But I don't think he's a very compelling character. Just And I haven't read the books. Just full disclosure, I have the least familiarity with this guy. But just from the what you, movies I've you seen, you wouldn't like the books. I don't think. I, I don't think. <laughs> I, that I, I have would. a feeling you would not like the books. I don't no, think they're yeah. your sensibilities at all. Right. Right. I, yeah. In some ways, they're not my sensibilities at all. Of course. Yeah. Um. But I feel like he's you know he's a comp- he's a fantasy. He's not really like a character to me. But that said, what what is what is compelling about that cinematically is that each actor that plays him can bring something to that and can enrich that with their own persona and personality. And I don't – to me, I, I didn't get anything from Timothy Dalton in this. I didn't get any read on a personality or, or much of a read on a personality. And I think some of that comes from – like you said, that weird transition of like uh, we've been doing more stuff for so long and now we got a new guy and who's the new guy? Because with Roger Moore, by the time I, I came in on the second of his movies – and so I've seen six Roger Moore movies. And so they really understood like – Okay, we know what Roger Moore brings to these movies, you know, and, and I still have quibbles with how they could have done better with him. But like, he's the funny Bond, and, and there's a distinct pers- personality from Roger Moore in those movies, and one that I just didn't get from Dalton. And I might feel differently in License to Kill. Um, had he made more, I might have felt differently as well. But it's this like, not that I know Doctor Who very well, but I wouldn't really know how to describe Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor hmm. because he only did one season versus other people doing multiple. Um, but it's like I – in general, I just felt like because I don't find James Bond that compelling or I don't really know how to describe James Bond, it's like, okay, well, then what's the actor doing? And it didn't seem like he had very much to do in terms of – I don't know. He just – he seemed fairly blank or creepy in this kind of alternatingly, um, and it just didn't – yeah, and, and you know, I, I talked about the camera movie being smoother, but I, I realized watching this movie, like for big budget films, all the James Bond movies that I've seen pre '90s or whatever, they all feel somewhat amateurish yeah. in a weird way, and I don't know what that is because obviously there's a lot of money behind them, and you don't need a big famous director to be a professional <laughs> legitimate movie. Well, really, um, for the Bond films, until you get to Sam Mendes, it really is they get a, a workman director. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess the first, like, they don't name. They don't get anyone who has, like, an active artistic voice or, like, has mm-hmm. a very distinct look. Even not- Martin Campbell, <laughs> who's directed what I would argue are the two best Bond movies. Sure. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not saying those movies are the best ever because of, look how stylish they are. No, no, no. 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 Yeah. Well, and, and I think Mark Forster would be the closest they got until Sam yeah. Mendes in terms of his no, previous right. yeah. in terms of his previous canon, 
And, and so maybe that's part of it, and, and, and I don't know. And, and again, this is a, these are hard movies for me to review when, when I can't point out like, oh, that's a flaw. That's a bad job. It's just like, oh, this isn't for me, and I'm just not – we're just – me and this movie are just not clicking, so it's hard yeah. for me to – eh, I don't know. So I guess I, my worst thing is that I don't feel like they made Bond compelling enough, but I also understand like they had a brand new guy, and you know they all have to kind of figure out. This guy's That's rhythm true. at the same time he's figuring out their rhythm. Like this is the kind of thing that takes a little bit to understand, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So Tyler? Yeah. So I think my best thing <coughs> is actually overall I felt like the plot was more what I would want from your your given Bond movie. Okay. In terms of I mean I, I also had some trouble following it. Um but I'll talk about why that is in a second. Uh, but I feel like in terms of, okay, this is, you know, it's some intrigue between the Russians and the U.S. And someone's trying to play both sides. Someone's trying It's to very play. from Russia with love, which yeah, some, I immediately latched on to. Yeah, they're, they're trying to, like, turn them against each other. And uh, he's having to fake John Reese davies death in order to... I like that part. Stuff. I like that part. Like, the, like there, there's some fun, normal... And, and um, the, the, the girl, the Bond girl, whose name I can't remember... Um, Cara, yeah, Mer- yes. Miriam Diabo, yeah, uh, having to or pretending to shoot uh, Koskov at one point, like that he was like, oh, she she had no idea what she was doing; she was using blanks, and like that's it. That's there's some interesting p- stuff at play there, and I, I like the fact that it feels like a grounded plot. I mean, it does go a little bit off the rails, but overall, it's like, okay, we're not we're not going crazy with these like. Insane. T-Dalt's uh, Aston Martin has lasers on it, but sure, <laughs> they only use sure. it for there's, 10 seconds, so There's it's still fine. Some, some craziness. Uh, that is like, that yeah. was a satisfying explosion, too. Oh, I yeah. have to say, like, it's a weirdly well shot, like, he blows up the truck and it's just like, oh, that felt good. That was a, that was a well shot explosion. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, I, I felt like this is more what I would like from a, a general spy movie where it's not the ideas that they're going rogue or whatever. True. Um, but one where it's just like, okay, this is like a, a oh, fairly Tyler. neat. Oh, <laughs> maybe I, you don't want to watch the next Bond movie. I never do. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, just let me talk about the things I liked about this one, and, and we can worry about that next. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think that it was a little bit more grounded um, than some of the previous ones we had. There were no giant diamond lasers that were hosted on oil refineries and. Like it, it, it's a little bit more like okay, we you know it's just spies doing spies being spies, you know. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, my worst thing, uh, which kind of ties into Dalton as well as what you mentioned, Alex, with the the fact that this is a tra- another transition movie. Um, it's really rough because of the fact that Dalton is is playing such a serious Bond. I really felt like the tone of this movie was all over the place because he's playing this very like, okay, and, and the plot is trying to be kind of more grounded and he's playing this very grounded Bond that's a little bit maybe more almost creepy. He's a little bit more uh, cold than some of the previous ones. Um, but then yeah. they're also giving him all these quips to do and he's not very good at them uh, just because that's not really what he's going for. And there's like just... there were I can't remember exactly what all uh, I noticed... Um, in terms of like silliness, I know there are some bits. I mean, for one, like the living daylight thing, but like, oh, just like the cue sequence, like that feels yeah, someone completely gets completely out oh, of oh, with field. my least favorite joke in the movie, which so, also has a very uh, 
dated joke. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. I may actually have missed that joke. It's with oh. the he has the boombox that plays really loud music and then fires a missile. Then he calls it the ghetto blaster. And he also says we're specifically building it for the Americans. I shouldn't yeah. have asked what it was. Yeah. Um, Super cool. The, <laughs> it's the 80s. Also gets, they, it was a different time. Don't worry. I'll talk about the Mujahideen in a little it's bit. It's the 80s. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. Someone also gets eaten by a couch. Yeah. And then, then yeah. Now that part was funny because then Q just sits on the couch. And the, it's never addressed. <laughs> nope. He's dead. <laughs> Does it need to be? The couch has consumed that man. And that couch is um, not a gadget. It's alive. <clears throat> like that and like the milk bombs and like the, where, where he's got the yeah. bottles of milk that he's chucking and they're doing explosions. I feel like it, the milk bombs are fine. They're they're less silly than that. Um, but like it's still yeah. – there's a lot of that that's still – and we've this is not the first time this has happened in one of these movies that we've talked about and that I've complained about this. Um, I, I was trying to actually remember which one of the Roger Moore movies really bothered me the most about this and I can't remember which one it was. Um, it was probably all of them simultaneously. Well, because like I really enjoyed, this except guy for who Spy Who Loved Me, because that yeah. was the one you liked, <laughs> and, and Moonraker even to some extent I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but like some of the ones after that were just trying. To, it was like, okay, you're not being exciting, but you're also not really like we're not we're not doing anything here. Um, For your eyes only would be the culprit. I, I, I think that's that the is most correct. boring thing. Yes, I, I think that's is that the one where there's like a big car chase down a hill and it's like a yellow car. That's yes. Yeah, that is for yes. us only. Yeah, yeah, and they land in a tree or something, and then all the locals help get the car back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep, yep. That. Oh, uh, that's so funny. Oh goodness. Um. Yeah. This this one has similar problems. Not not as extreme, but just like it it it's more bland because of it. Because it's like, oh, you're just you're just trying to throw stuff. The other thing with this too is that we were really looking for. Okay, when are they really gonna gonna try to ape Indiana Jones if they are? In the last mm. few movies, this one really felt like that to me, where they're trying to like—I mean, obviously John Reese Davies, um, but also they're—they're they're trying to like. They go to uh, what? What's the location they end up in in the Middle East? Afghanistan. Is it right? Afghanistan? Well, they go to, well, they go to Tunisia first, and then they go to right because they're trying right? to get to Pakistan at the end. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he has that line about anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and so, and so I felt like there was a little bit more of like. Oh, we need. We have to take him out here and and do that. Like, I, I well, very they much knew they were like... going too far in the goofy um, direction. Apparently, there's an infamous deleted scene with where Goofy from Mickey Mouse. To... Correct. Where <laughs> Bond is running away after shooting John Reese Davies, mm. and he gets on what it looks like a magic carpet. As, okay. And and he slides down this thing. It's like hooked on a string or whatever. And the cops are like looking at him like he's Aladdin. Amazing. And it's very weird. This is available online. The name's Don't Geef. George Geef. That's his real name. George Geef. Now I'm just imagining Goofy. Sheriff J.W. Huh. Pepper gets on the, the magic card. <laughs> You're not gonna. I sure am, boy. <laughs> it's me. Um, no, but you, you pointing out the tonal inconsistencies is like, maybe that's why I found I had such a hard time latching onto personality for Dalton is because there was that that um incon- that like the tone was one thing and his was another thing and they kept kind of hopping yeah. around. Maybe yeah. that was he, he's in, he's in a different movie than what they're yeah. actually yes. making. And I think Timothy Dalton is a is a very good actor, maybe the best actor to mm. have played Bond, just in terms of like his his ability. He mm. might he might be the best actor of of, of the nine um. or whatever. 17 i think oh yeah uh, 
<laughs> the <clears throat> the yeah, other yeah because kind of... uh, Eddie Deason did it for a little while. Sure. <laughs> the the other thing uh, that kind of spins out of this as well. Um, I found this movie very boring. <laughs> yes. Um, I I really was trying to kind of keep up with a lot of the plot elements and everything, but I felt like there were so many scenes where like I'd be watching an action scene. I mean, it, it just kind of t- what you were talking about, Britain, with like amateurish. Like, it does kind of remind me yeah. of if you. I mean, I am not like a huge B movie film buff, sure. but like watching bad movies that like people make fun of on Mystery Science Theater or your Red Letter Media or whatever. Yeah. Like when you have when you see these scenes where they just go on and on and they just like it's not really dynamic. It's not like mm-hmm. gripping. It's not. There's not a lot of tension. It's like the entire thing with him dangling from the uh, the plane. At the end, which is a cool little like stunt, like I, I thought like that the worked out, yeah. That, but it goes on for so long. It does, yeah. <clears throat> and they're just kind of like, oh, we're we're struggling. And specifically, Alex, you you mentioned the score playing, um, and I was just thinking of because the score is playing during that, where it's it's like playing a sort of a I want to say there's maybe some synth going on there, Probably. a version of the theme, but it's not really bombastic. It's kind of just repeating. And it just keeps repeating. And for me, it was I was just kind of like, this is this is not doing it for me. It's very <laughs> it's very slow. We're we're not there's not a lot of movement or momentum to what's going sure. on on the screen. And I felt like that was the case a lot of the movie where like I'd be watching a sequence and then I would lose focus completely and I'd be like, oh, let's go look on Twitter or whatever. And then I yeah. look back up and it's the same sequence <laughs> like thirty seconds later. Still a bunch of milk bombs. Yeah, and I I felt like that happened a lot. Yeah. I, I milk bombs it. here at Milk Bombs. We're all about <laughs> punching that dairy right into your veins. <laughs> milk bombs. <laughs> Calcium for big boys. And this is our and this is our mascot, a really jacked cow. <laughs> hey, move over. <laughs> Milk bombs, they come in orbs. It's a protein nuke for your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want your teeth to be strong for ripping up steaks? Milk bombs. Good bones for tackling. (laughs) Or like lacrosse. (laughs) Air hockey. (laughs) Arguing instead of communicating your feelings. (laughs) Brad, that's too real. Sorry, Chaz. (laughs) That's right. It's been two guys the whole time. We have the same voice. We're twins. What? The fiction's getting too deep. <laughs> this this became a whole thing, didn't it? We're gonna go parent trap our dad. Our dad. <laughs> That's right. We're from a. <laughs> we have two dads. It's progressive. Milk bombs. And we're going on a delightful picnic in the park. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kool Aid jammers. <laughs> A word Britain has entered into a spreadsheet once before at his job at the library. Reading is power. <laughs> this is making my heart hurt. This voice. I'm getting dizzy. I need a milk bomb. Um, I do... Uh, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll right out. I mean, all we can do is just get back in it. <laughs> just let it die. Just like that Hiam song. Now I'm in it. <laughs> Um, I, I, you talked about the plane, him hanging on at the plane. It reminded me a lot of the, I, it, okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember if this is a 
Indiana Jones or a James Bond movie. Sure. Where there was a plane fight and then the guy – it was bad CGI. It's Roger Moore, so it was James Bond. There was like some bad stunts, stunt work with the – there's like some bad CGI involved with the plane fight. Yes. And that kind of thing. It's coming back to me. But this I was watching and I was like, no, it's all just like good old-fashioned stunt work. It was. good. There is some I other there are some other effects in the movie that I'm I'm not a huge fan sure. of. But. <clears throat> I, I think that's one of the reasons I latch onto this, especially more than the latter Roger Moore movies, because Timothy Dalton not not only can he do more of his stunts than Roger Moore could, yeah. they actually do a better job disguising when he's not there. Sure. Like it feels sure. like it feels like they've taken extra care. Like I, I don't I don't know how y'all felt about the opening chase. Um with, with the assassin at the training site. Oh. Um, eh. But, like, when, when Dalton is hanging off the back of the car, for a lot of those shots, it's actually him. Sure, and that looks fine. And, like, that that makes all the difference as opposed to, oh, that's very clearly Roger Moore's stunt double driving that, isn't it? Yeah. There, for me, and this was... I don't know that any of the other action scenes in the movie really had this problem for me. Um, I think there were a couple weird edits here and there. In that first action scene, there were a couple of things I noticed where I was kind of like, that was weird. That was yeah. a weird thing you did. Or that, like, you could have cut that shot out. Like, don't. Because, like, there, there's. The, the one specifically that stuck with me is there's one of um, Timothy Dalton. He's, like, halfway through the ceiling of the car. And we just, like, watch the ceiling of, of the car. You can't see his head. He's, mm. like, stu- he's, like, stuck inside the car. You can't see his head. You can't see what's going on inside the car. And there's just a shot that we look at for, like, a second of, like, no movement. It's just him, like. It, it's kind of comical. Like, it's him just stuck inside yeah. this car. And I was like, okay. That was a thing you included. And there were a couple of weird... Like, I remember the... For me, the like, the sound editing on the, the guy that falls. Huh. Um, the, which was a good... I always enjoy a good fall. We've discussed sure. this on the podcast before. I like a good chucking a guy off a cliff or whatever. Um, <laughs> Love a good railing kill. And they do... They, they, it, it's, it, it's a good-looking dummy, I presume. Uh, it, you know, it falls all the <laughs> way down. Um, <laughs> I assume it's not a real man. Um... And and they watch it all the way down, but like right when it hits the ground, there's like a thunk that sounds like too loud, like the sound mixing is not right, and they cut weirdly. <laughs> like there's a few things like that where it it didn't really feel polished to me in the way that a lot of these Bond movies feel, yeah. uh, not very polished. Uh, so that that was it. Kind of, and then like some of the effects with, like the entire bit about him going off the cliff in the car, and then they're in the car uh, for like basically the cliff seems to increase in height by like a mile um <laughs> at some point because like he has time to like parachute out of the car or, or whatever spielbergian editing what do you want sure that was the big thing actually that i think made me think of indiana jones was that there were several scenes where it felt like the what i complained about in like temple doom with oh yeah. we're, we're we're more time has passed than your cuts are making us believe and it's going on too long so it's kind of cutting believability there are some other bits, like the plane at the end. The plane goes into land um, where the plane's getting low to the ground. Uh, I believe this is the scene I'm thinking of because uh, oh, they, they've yeah. lost all engine power and the, the plane's like kind of flying towards the ground. Yep. And they show the plane start to fall and, and almost hit the ground like three times. <laughs> and then it ends up flying off and like exploding somewhere. And it's like – Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. There were issues. I think what I bothered – what bothered me even more about that end sequence when they're trying to get out of the plane is that Dalton specifically has a line where he's like, there's no flat land around here. <laughs> but then they land in the car. Yeah. There's flat land all behind them. <laughs> like there's there's literally yeah. a flat plane with a road that they can, where they can drive where they want to go. 
to get it's a fun. nice. He he knows a nice restaurant and they can make it to dinner somewhere. Look, 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 look. I get making movies is hard, but come on. <laughs> In a Karachi restaurant, a scene that I good. thank you. Uh, actually, I do remember another thing I liked the most <laughs> was the sledding on the cello case. Sure, I really the case chase. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy unironic fun. I think that. For me now, this is this totally, totally, totally my 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 feelings on on this. Nobody okay. else. I don't believe you. Hot pockets or food. I think the opening like half hour, however long, gets us through that chase scene is nearly perfect for a okay. Bond thriller. For me, sure, sure, sure. I mean, that was I certainly when I was paying the most attention, and I don't mean that as a joke. Like it clearly had me. I can see me. the elements that make you feel that way. Yeah. Like, I really like no. all the set pieces there and that, that, that whole chase with the Aston Martin and then they have to get out and they're, they're in the cello case and yeah. the Stradivarius gets shot. Like, that's great. Yeah. Well, and that, that whole chase to me, I enjoyed it because I thought it was well shot and everything, but I was like, this is the movie intentionally going, hey, let's have some fun. Yeah. This didn't right. feel like, oh, geez, what are you doing? It, it just was like, okay, this is a fun thing. And then there's this beautiful shot of them going under, he's like, you know, pull out your passport because they're going yeah. towards like the yeah, toll yeah, yeah, yeah. and the toll bar. That was fun. It won't go yep. up, and so they slide under it, and he just like tosses the cello up. And... <laughs> it was not necessary, and it was just the <laughs> littlest, yes. the littlest, oh, great. Uh, like hop, and it that just he jumps and he catches it over the. Over We've the nothing thing. to claim, just the cello. <laughs> it's so funny. That yeah, good. that was. I was like, okay, that was when I put my fist in the air triumphantly, and I was like, all right, good job, movie, good job, movie. I remember a lot after that. Um, uh, Davies, I guess. Yeah. Remind me if I uh, dreamed this. Um, Sure. There's a bit in this movie, I believe, where Bond takes a cello case into a bathroom. Yes. And he goes into a stall, and there's a man cleaning the bathroom, and there's, like, another guy in there. And they're both very concerned about the fact that Bond is taking a cello case with him. When, to me, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, he's trying to, he doesn't want to leave his cello case. Yeah, the cello, come on. Taking his cello with him, whatever. But then, like... it feels like the movie was like, or the the director was like, "Is this a thing? Is this a joke? Is this funny? Is this?" Uh, and then they just cut, and then they he just does, move on. And he's like, "No, that's not a thing. It's not a it thing." It does sound like somebody who doesn't understand comedy was like, "And he takes the ch- into the bathroom. That's funny, right? <laughs> right, guys? I don't know. I think those, the the was just jealous. So I didn't um, know. Real, real quick, we do have a, a message from. Uh, Alex Prime, who's in the next room. Oh, that's um, right. It's time for our new segment, Prime Time. She did want us to address that that's not how customs work. Oh, uh, so. okay. Yep, that's through our jet setting Carmen San Diego type friend. Specifically, Alex Prime. Uh, explaining that Bond uh, has a license to kill, and he should have declared that. Oh, uh, because, like, fair. I guess he would, like, in the same way that, like, you have veteran status or, like, you're an active right, right. military, you know, maybe. If you're George Clooney up in the air. Sure. Right. That's a good point. And listeners uh, at home, s- uh, stay tuned. See if you can pick out the three clues that will tell you where Alex Prime is this week. All right. Um, I can't stand it. P- what a plot hole. Can't, can't do it. This movie uh, – <laughs> never mind. The movie is completely ruined. I, um, I will say I didn't realize it was a cello case for a while because I thought it was a robot <laughs> or some kind of mechanism. I was like, what is that? It can't be a cello case. They're never shaped like that. Well, I wouldn't know that. I've never seen a cello case. Have I ever seen a cello? Oh, of course I have. My mom took cello lessons for a while. She should take cello lessons again. That would be really cool. My mom took cello lessons because she likes Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, I like Yo-Yo Ma too. 
I think that's probably what Kazuo Ishiguro, the author, looks like. But I know it's not because I've seen him interviewed and stuff. He seems nice. I like that book, Nocturnes. I think it had a cello in it, too. Oh, is the movie still going? I should probably keep watching that. Well, it was good talking to you, Britain. You too, Britain. And then I watched the rest of the movie. You can buy uh, Britain's new book, Thoughts, on <laughs> Amazon Prime uh, or Barnes & Noble. That's true. Only those two places. Yep, it's like a Funko Pop. You can get those, those two only. <laughs> um, Keep an eye out for the special edition. <laughs> it has a gold cover. Or it's called Thoughts and Feelings. Um, <laughs> what did you guys think of Mariam Dabo, cousin of Olivia Dabo, in this film? I liked how... It is funny how, how we've made fun of like every new Bond girl. is like, my Bond girl is different from all the others. <laughs> Mm. But they end up being the exact same. She felt very different to me. Have we made fun of that? Yes. Okay. We've discussed this. She no, she <laughs> was good. I liked her. Hand. And we have discussed this and then proceeded to see that for Bond 25, uh, someone's in that movie. Leah Sadu is back, right? Someone was else is Anna, in that movie. Was it Anna de Armas? It is. Yeah, she is And in she it. did make specific quotes where she said, actually, she's not like all the other Bond girls. And it's like, well, <laughs> we'll see. I hope so. Let's I see. sure hope so. Yeah, I hope you have a cool mug. Um, that would be good. There's a – but I, I, I enjoyed – I liked her in this movie. I liked her hair. I thought she did a good Russian accent. Um, and I liked that she, she – she, you know, for this movie being what it is, like she was a more willing and active participant like yeah. when she yeah, – she, she, like, she seemed to be actually affecting the story. Yeah. And seemed to, like, when she was with Bond on the mission, she wasn't just, like, the luggage he asked to tote around. She was, like, trying to participate and help yeah. out and everything. And the, I just, the, she gets I angry, just wish... about, angry at him for getting a bullet hole in the cello. Yeah. Jeez. You know, you know. I, other... I just wish they actually had ramifications for him purposely manipulating her sure. for the first yeah. chunk of the movie. Because at a certain point, it's just like, now <coughs> oh, they're in love. I, because of the fact that she was Koskov's girlfriend... Apparently. Yes. yes. Which confused me. Um, because also, wasn't he pretending to be her, his friend? But then I guess... Yeah. He he just wins her over? Yes. Just the, the idea is that Bond wins her over with his Bond charm. Yes. That is it. Because nice. you've seen Bond movies before. You remember Goldfinger? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also a point in this movie where Bond, like, strips a lady down to distract... Yeah, I was gonna say. I will say, that is a... a a reprehensible thing to do. That is very that that feels like it's out of straight out of a Fleming book. Book Bond, um, where Bond is very cold and he just works to get the job done, right? No matter sure. what. And I wish it, that <clears throat> if you're no no, no if you're it, in this movie, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. If you actually want to explore Bond and have it be more psychological about him being cold, like the Daniel Craig movies try yeah. and do, um, then that's okay as long as you explore it. One if, it's, if it's, out, like, one if it's not played oh, for laughs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> because it's not like he goes like if if he had looked at her and gone, I have a crazy idea. Just go with me. And then they cut to. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's still sophomoric and silly. But like, the fact that he was just like, this is what's happening. Roger and Moore could have clothes off. off. Like ugh. Roger Moore. Could've, oh, he could've yeah, pulled off a, yeah. A, a silly joke like that. Yeah. For sure. But this it was not just so like much it was just forceful and yeah. bad. And yeah. That was a Virginia Hay from one of the Mad Max movies and Farscape. Sure. Which was a sci-fi show. Cool. It. Hmm? it was cool what I saw of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
All right, but talking about Kara? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like I, M- I was, or something. I, be, because of the fact that she was introduced as Koskov's girlfriend, I really thought that she was going to get killed off, and it was going to be one of those where it's like, oh, we have we have one girl for him to. That's true. Wander they around don't with they don't go hour. with that formula, and I believe it was actually because of the AIDS crisis at the time. Hmm. They actively decided to be like, okay, Bond's not going to sleep with as many women in this one, even though he still sleeps with two. Huh. But yeah, fascinating. Because he sleeps with the girl it, at the beginning, allegedly, when he yeah. he lands the parachute on her boat. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Kara. Although, I don't... Yeah. Is there ever, like, a, a, a transition where it's like they're about to get into a love scene? I can't remember. Um, at the, I, I mean, at the end, I think. I feel like there yeah. is, and I can't remember the exact context. Oh, they make out in the... the the Ferris wheel or whatever. Yeah. And then they get down there and they're still making out and everyone's laughing at them. Yeah. That's correct. And then the, Which the is Carney's like, dude, another ride. We've had a couple of montages. You'll float in... too. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a couple of montages in um, Bond, the, these previous Bond movies, where like he's in, he's dating some girl and like, like the, the Bond girl. And, is slowly like they're falling in love or whatever, and I, I can't think of what some of the other examples are. Um, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service doesn't that have some of that? Um, where they're like yeah, at the but winter that's, festival. That's really more of we need an opening plot device. Oh, hey, he's getting he, he falls in love with this. Oh, girl, no, that, that, that is what I'm thinking of. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, um, but I feel like it's the similar. I feel like there's one later on that's more set up, or maybe I'm thinking of, of Honor Majesty's Secret Service and the fact that it's like okay, we're making it a significant fact that she's his love interest in this right um where this felt very like oh we're just kind of we, we're, we're killing time oh yeah they're in love now we're, go yeah it's fine i will say it does help that i know you guys weren't weren't caring much for timothy dalton in this movie but i i like him in this movie and, mm-hmm. and i did like Kara in this movie so at least if we're gonna waste time on a romance that ultimately is pointless like at least i like the two leads sure sure i i, I think that goes a long way i think my ultimate thoughts would be that uh she is by no means the worst bond girl no. and, and in terms of because all of this is relative she's still not a strong character as yeah very few if any of these bond girls up to this point have been um right but like i'm interested what what you they guys have will not, think when we get into not, the brosnan movies specifically for that they have not backslid <laughs> the rachel brosnan movies they're they're trying uh-huh. to keep up with the times, maybe in in relative to what Bond is and this kind of the horrible misogyny that they've instilled through the entire <laughs> character. That was something yeah. I was going to mention about the opening. Um, I felt like because like with I the, wish they did more stuff like this for the opening. I love the idea of sure. Bond having to do a training exercise, sure. and we actually have the other double O's being a part of that. Yeah. Like that's um, in terms of like <coughs> this is something that's always bothered me in terms of like oh we we don't we, we need like a cinematic universe we need more sequels we need spinoffs blah 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 there are other double O's in this program yeah. like you I feel like that's an easy in mm-hmm. for for doing more sequels or, or something you know I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that that's something that they've never really considered in terms of making the other double O's a more active part of the plot. No, I agree, and I think I feel like we we brought that up before talking about some of our how we. Would oh, I'm sure about during my my 
all my rantings about Bond. I'm sure I've mentioned it multiple yes. times. Um, so I retroactively apologize. <laughs> but I was going to say, I, I was it... Oh, boy. Uh, did Roger Moore get a... Was he the one where there was the, the opening on the beach? Um, and he's like, it's like, this never happened to the other guy. Nope, that was George Lazenby. Is that, that George was Lazenby? Secret Service. Doesn't Roger Moore get something, or is Roger Moore also just kind of like... Oh, Roger Moore oh, gets Ro- the opening where where he visits Tracy Bond's grave, and then fake not Blofeld <laughs> tries to kill him with a helicopter. Right. Yeah, and he uses See, the spoke. That was funny. And that was kind of yep. my thing with this. I think is that this, one, which that was a whole weird other thing. Um, but with Mr. Uh, Bond, with, with this, uh, with Timothy Dalton, I felt like it was just kind of like, oh yeah, he's Bond. What, what are you talking about? He's been Bond the whole time. I don't, like there, I, the fact that the rest of the movie has all these little quips and things. I really expected there to be what, or I, I was initially expecting there to be something that was kind of like it's a new guy now, right? But they kind of just no. This this one is very much it. like as eh, it's, it's the uh, remember the other movies? Yeah, Gogol's here at the end. You remember Gogol from all the Roger Moore movies? <laughs> Felix was in it. Yeah, uh, different actor yet again. Okay, okay. Strangest thing. So. The Felix in this movie, guy we've never seen before, doesn't look like any of the others. So once again, when it's like, you're supposed to figure out who he is, and it's like, oh, it's it's Felix, but how would I know? It's a different actor. Mm-hmm. Well, also, that's, the how, two girls, that's, that's, that's what it means to figure something out, is to not know it at first. Correct. Um, also, uh, Felix has two female agents that are just there. Oh, he Bond sure does. Up, which is strange. Anyway. I mean, you know. Um... It's supposed he to be like the, care- likes, okay? the carefree American, you know? Um, but you get to the next movie, and the guy playing Felix is the actor who played him in Roger Moore's first movie. Oh. They bring that guy back for the sequel to this. Well, he's, okay a, with that. he's a Time Lord, clearly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that checks. Yeah, that works out. Two hearts or whatever. Mm-hmm. One mind. Timey wimey, I think, is the thing. I liked Saunders. Bigger on the inside. Oh, I liked Saunders too. I liked him too. How I did actually he... think it's kind of a shame that he dies. I also think it's a shame. Does. How did he die? <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you, you, you sent that, that message to our group chat when you were watching it. And I was like, I, I don't... I know, wasn't there like an explosive strapped to the door controls? So, so, yes, so to set this up, he's talking, they're having a heartfelt conversation, and the movie's like, oh, we got to... We gotta make it seem like they really like each other. Well, let's have a Even though there's nothing that. built up to yes. them, they are very contentious before yes. that. Um, which is, it, it actually wasn't like the worst, like the, no. the most like I enjoyed it. backwards thing ever. Um, right. But then ne- Necros, uh, the world's leading uh, technology synergy company, um, <laughs> is he's hiding in the shadows and he's he's got some, he's listening to some music. Um, which I have no and, idea. He he picks out Saunders first. Like, he goes hunting after him. How does yeah. he know who Saunders is? Uh, he's Necros, dude. Well, they, like, say something about, earlier, too, about... They're like, oh, what if, if you killed one of the British agents? That it might really send them, get them crazy. But then, like... I, th- I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, oh, you, you think he's going to go after Bond? But then I guess... I don't know. I don't really know what was going he on. He probably... Because he was trying to sell him a balloon. He was like, this guy didn't want a balloon. Well, anybody would want a balloon. He must have something more important to do, like a spy. Boys, we've got him again. Yep, it's me, Necros, president. It's me, Jim Necros, president of, like, 
the leading death Black Mirror episode company. <laughs> it's it's welcome you know, to Necros. W- one of the five. We recycle your body to make nutrient bars. One of the five. <laughs> or can... is, is welcome to the Black Parade just on a loop in the background? But like a but like an orchestral chorale version. Necros nutrient yeah, bars. They go great with milk ball. <laughs> Synergy energy. Part of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> Balance is what Necros believes in. Not recommended by any doctors. <laughs> Keeping the the population at a prime number. Necros. I, I really like this 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 angel and devil thing we got going on here. Britain's like the nice um, guy who's found no, out. No, I'm stuff. not. I'm no. That's the cold and feeling robot voice. Like Glados or something. Com- uh, so, so Tyler's the angel, shouting right. like he's Hulk Hogan. Yes, <laughs> it tracks. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so so this man Necros, Jim Necros, he is he is hiding in the bushes, <laughs> and he set up a bomb or something, or like yeah. he's, he's wired. There's like an there's an automatic door that has this paneling that's like transparent on the outside of a brick wall. Right. Um. It's it's not. It's not like oh he he it shows him like he there's an electrical box and he's like messing with that or he's put something in there. It's like no this is just like a like a fire extinguisher box but there's like a bunch of electrical stuff in there right by the door and he's put this little wire thing in it red red flashy thing cuz it's technology um and he presses a button and as the guy's walking out the door like slides and it's like and then like everyone is like oh! and like the glass shatters and there's some blood but like it we don't really know what the implication is there because I don't like I don't know what there's a, there are ways that I suppose that could kill someone if you somehow managed to rig a door to to go fast enough but like I guess the implication is just the force of the door closing killed him I don't but know But like how how did it hit him <laughs> It's my I question don't know. How was he walking through the door I there's I just I don't I don't know. It's weird. It's I don't very know weird. what the cuz then Bond just walks over and he's like looking down and he's like oh, oh this is awful or whatever. And yeah, cuz it's like, not like the door closed on him and sliced him in half or something. Yeah, cuz like I don't think that would really make sense cuz like he would be walking it would be hor- it would hit his shoulder and then like slice, yeah, yeah, slice yeah. him like through. I don't is it I don't know if it was he was leaning forward and it decapitated. I don't know what I don't know what the implication is there. I have some concerns. Yeah, because I feel like he would probably still be alive. Sure. <laughs> no, he it's, might. It's, it's some pretty bad editing. It's yes. pretty unclear. It's very. It's very weird. Yeah. <clears throat> so, how do you feel editing. about your I favorite movie now, Alex? It's pretty incoherent. No, 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 I don't think it's bad editing. I think it's they didn't know how to shoot it. <laughs> probably. Or cut. so they edited it with what they had. Or cut him. Hmm. Well, well, well. Looks like your favorite movie isn't so favorite. Wouldn't it have been so much better if one of two things happened? He either he either threw a milk bomb and just killed him in the middle of this like carnival. <laughs> that would be awesome. Or he throws the milk bomb into the into the automatic door gener- like generator. Because then I'd be like, all right, sounds good. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That checks out. Where he throws it in Saunders' catches, and he's like, "I love milk." Glug glug glug, and then he <laughs> and then he explodes from the inside. He implodes. <laughs> I, 
How did y'all feel about the the Mujahideen and all the Afghanistan stuff? Um, until I until I put the real world future together, I was like, I like that the Middle Eastern characters aren't villains. Then Alex reminded me of the real world future. Yeah, just just for which again that at the time know, the movie didn't know this, but you know, still. right at, at at the time there were resistance fighters fighting against the evil Soviet Union, right, right, quote unquote evil Soviet Union. Um, yeah. But but the Mujahideen, <laughs> which is a which was a real group right. at the time, ends up becoming the Taliban after the fall of the Soviet Union. So, yeah. Well, so, and, which uh, yeah, and, it's, and again, it's one hindsight's of those where, interesting. Yeah, but so like I can't hold the that against the movie because at the time, I had no way of knowing. No, no, it's just it's just very strange to watch in hindsight. Sure, That's sure. It. Well, it's like when, you know, Hitler made that cameo in that little rascal short. (laughs) (laughs) When when Alfalfa was like, Garly, Adolf! I guess that's how he talked. He had a weird head. And he was like, how? And he kind of comes up into the treehouse like, Oh, hello, little rascals. I'd love to play in your treehouse. Please, my treehouse shall last a thousand years. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. And they were like, "We should call it the eagle." <laughs> and they were like, "We don't like you because you're different from us." And he was like, "What do you mean? You don't have to be pure to be perfect." And they were like, "Yes, you do." And he went, "I will learn from this." And he did. Look at my paintings. Oh they were like, God. "We reject that because of its because un- it's unusual." So yeah, the little rascals right. created Hitler. Here come the sequels, spitting hard truths. Yep. Yeah, listen, guys, follow the money. <laughs> little, little Rascals caused World War II and the Holocaust. <laughs> Up until I made that jo- a joke I didn't like, I really liked it. <laughs> this week, here come the sequels. Gets political. Sponsored by Milk Bomb. <laughs> Milk Bombs are turning into the uh, the PC principal from South Park. A character I've seen a YouTube clip of. <laughs> See, you, you make a lot of references that I'm just like, man, I got, I got no idea. But then I know. You make well, reference like that where it's like, I really should probably know what you're talking about, but then it's still. It's I know. Just, yeah. Like I, I, I am tangentially aware. I never know what. Like you got my Donner Party reference once, <laughs> but that's not. Yeah, the other day I didn't make a reference to the film Blue Crush because I thought it'd be esoteric, only to have the person I was talking to reference Blue Crush. <laughs> and I was like, what? She was like, yeah, dude, what are you talking about? It was my friend Catherine. And she was like, yeah, of course, it's Blue Crush. Did you say that's esoteric? And I was like, I don't know what anything is. It was so confusing. All right, Britain. Harry Potter. Mainstream, not mainstream. Uh, Mainstream. Okay. Harry Potter mainstream. Star Wars. Oh, mainstream. Okay. Uh, Star Star Trek? Less mainstream, but still mainstream. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Alex, name an obscure thing. Adam uh, Sandler. Aubrey Los Ojos. <laughs> Aubrey Los Ojos. Um, for me, it's pretty mainstream. But... I'm going to say obscure because I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, but it's ultimately pretty obscure. Seeing as even its American remake, uh, Sky Day Vanilla. All right, what about the uh, auteur fam- filmmaker Ryan Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say... Uh, I'd say mainstream. <laughs> mainstream with a with an L, with a with, up, with up, a tilde with on the up, end. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What did you guys think of uh, 
Jaron Clabet as um, Koskoff. Or as I... He's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, because he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And I thought he did kind of a nice job. I think he, he like I, I don't know how much of it is the actor versus the character, but he I think he's the main reason my my villain the villain sure. of the movie sure. is my worst thing. Would it have been better if he was played by Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob? What I think anything would be better if it was played by Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. That's a good point. I eat his liver with a fab of beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was, uh, You're gonna have to roll me back on like where this started. <laughs> Jerome Crabbe is okay. his name, and okay. Crabs. Because and I knew I, I cut you off from a joke at one point. Yeah, and then I, and did I wasn't sure. So the- <laughs> Hannibal is like- Mr. Crabs. My treehouse will last a hundred years. Yo, I don't think we know how to just be normal anymore. Oh gosh, guys, we're so random. I think we changed. We're not I think like the last two months changed. We're not like other podcasts. <laughs> we're always tugging our sleeves down past our wrists. Podcasting isn't for the isn't suited for the uncoordinated. <laughs> it's my favorite line from Twilight. Well, you know, you know, you, you accidentally flip over the microphone, everything's ruined. It's true. You can never put it back. No. <laughs> you can never fix it. <laughs> um, Alex, give us something else to talk about in this fucking movie. Okay, uh, we just about exhausted my talking points. I, I don't. Yeah, remind me of things that happened in it so I can talk about them. I feel like the last thing I just wanted to touch on was just the action scene against John uh, John Reese John Reese Davies, uh, Joe Don Baker uh, at the end of the movie, where Bond infiltrates his mansion and gets into yeah. a gunfight yeah. with him. Um, I thought it was actually a fairly lackluster way to end the movie. Yeah, it feels yeah. it feels like in script it's a lot bigger and a lot more grand than it actually yes. turns out being. Well, and the the bit earlier that we mentioned uh, where he's they land the jeep and he's like, oh, I know a great a great restaurant in Karachi. We can make yeah. it there for dinner. And then they the I that was like, oh, okay, so that's the end. Like that's yeah. That, I I feel like that's kind of where also, the movie should stop. We we were talking about is there a scene where where it seems to imply that he's he's gonna uh, have sex with uh, Kara? Isn't that the end of the movie yes. when they're pulling away from the hotel? Isn't that the whole point of that? Sure, mm-hmm. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You're right. Anyway, um, but yes, that final scene felt very tacked on, and I was kind of like, oh, I guess they felt like they still needed to take care of this this bit. Yep, fair, okay. And then I was confused because I I thought the idea of the watch thing, the, the or the key fob, was that it was supposed to a two things. I thought the idea was that it was supposed to you were you were supposed to whistle uh, some British song. I don't know. Um, and B, yeah, let it be or something. Probably the only British song. Yeah, uh, something by the Beatles. Um, and B, I thought it was supposed to be stun gas, is what is what uh, Q explained it as. But then he puts it on a he sticks it on a pillar, and then he he go he does like a cat call, basically. Yeah, like that's the, that's how he whistles. Well, they Q mentions two different things, and I can't remember. Like, does I he mention he, another one? Maybe I missed that. He he says if you whistle this British tune, then something yes. happens, and then if you do a wolf howl or wolf whistle, uh, uh, yeah, you'll be familiar with Bond, but. 
the thing that confused me, I think one function was was like the stun gas that he uses when yeah. to escape that jail, which I want to talk about because I actually enjoyed that scene quite a bit. Um, and the other was like an explosive. Yeah. So he like said, I, okay, so that makes sense. So he sticks another pillar and then he whistles and it explodes and it it falls. The pillar falls over on the guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Other confusing. Together, thing? we have put our knowledge together. Yeah. Okay. This is what podcasting is all about. The other confusing thing: wolves can't whistle. We all know that. Oh, they can only hum. They can snap their fingers. Well, they can howl. I mean, well, that's true. Um, uh, it's something. I wish the villain of the movie was the overweight uh, guy who was trying to put them in that jail cell. Oh yeah, good <laughs> he Lord. was very entertaining. He was very good at the movie. The movie did a genuinely good job of making me hate that guy very quickly. Right. I did not tell you to get down, and I did not tell you to get up. John Connor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's me, a cameo. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in one of these. <laughs> this is so cool. I thought I was only going to get to play the couch. <laughs> two, two roles in one movie. I'm like Johnny Depp in Before Night Falls. I thought you were going to say, I, I thought I was only going to play the Aston Martin. Or also, I mean, Adam Sandler and Jack Chill would be. Yeah, The Nutty Professor. That's true. You know, I'm also, sure hero, The Nutty Professor. <laughs> I, I, also, no, Adam Sandler. I wish I was a clump. <laughs> I do want to point out, I am glad that they brought back Aston Martin because, like, it's been missing for the entirety of Roger Moore's run. Hmm. And was they it? don't make a big deal out of it. I don't know what an Aston Martin looks like. I'm just gonna, guys. I have, guys. I have an illness. It's called car blindness. I think it's a car, right? I just, I just get into what I perceive as a box that's, with wheels. Uh, and I was gonna say job. that's that's the one that has like a windshield. Um, yeah, probably some wipers. Have you guys seen rearview mirror? The big, um, uh, scary cars trunk, and they take you the to the the hospital. You guys know what I'm talking about the big scary cars that take you to the hospital. Fire truck, right? Maybe. No. No, those have eyes and save cats. <laughs> hmm. And can transform into a robot. In the book I read today. Join us after this commercial break. <laughs> As we continue to break down the injustices of the social political system. <laughs> Milk bomb. <laughs> It'll kill you. <laughs> 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 Woo! We have fun here. 2020 is off, off to a good start. <laughs> All right, do we have anything else about the living J lights? The living J lights? <laughs> yeah. J-Lights. Hey, everybody, it's me, Jay Leno. Welcome to my new show, The Living J lights I'm back. Here's my first guest, Regis. Oh, J- Jay, how's it going? <laughs> you know, everyone wondered where I've been, but I'm back, baby. Okay, bye. That's all I have. It's just a promo. <laughs> just, now, Jay Leno definitely knows what an Aston Martin looks like. I just had this image of, like, the, it's like one of those, like a talk show commercial or a late night show commercial yeah, yeah. where it's like it shows the guy, like, he's standing in front of his desk and he's waving and it's like, join us. With, like, there's yeah, yeah. Jay's all like, new. It with... just continues going for, like, 20 minutes of just continually cycling through. <laughs> Jay's all new this week with Martin Lawrence, Cardi B, K 
Cameron Mannheim. Cameron Diaz. Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Eddie Murphy. Roger Daltrey. Reggie Watts. A steamroller operator. Carol, <laughs> Carol Shelley. The guys from Milk Bombs. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence Malick. Terry O'Quinn. Terrence Stamp. Ter- Terrence McNally. Chris Terrio. <laughs> Okay. I think we, I think we covered it. Um, I'm giving the Living Daylights a C plus. I'm giving it a C minus. I'm giving it a D plus. That's fair. How Wait, how did that happen? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't care about rating systems, guys. Come on, I do care. Our I studio just... audience has informed me that we miss Terry Crews. Terry Crews <laughs> is the musical guest on the Friday episode. <laughs> Tyler, what was your C minus? Yes. Okay, it's like there. It, it's too like generally like flatline competent for me to really be upset about it, or like to right. say it's actively bad. But it's it's I just not care. Yeah, this movie might be a C. Yeah. I don't know. I think if if for me if they beefed up the villains, maybe trimmed it down a little bit, um, and then made made the plot slightly more more simple. I don't know. A few easy fixes, and and I, I'd really really like it. But you guys, you guys know what? Decent... You guys know what that villain could have could have used some crab a beef. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't worth it, to but I liked this, it. To set the scene for you, audience. Alex was explaining this. Yeah, his, doing his, his doing his job as a podcaster. Very well thought out, like like summary of, of how the movie should be. And I just look over and I see Britain just put his head down, just smiling and trying not to say anything yeah. or make any noise. Which is Britain code for <laughs> I have a joke. <laughs> and that joke was crabby, and, and that's what you and he was out of which you would make crabby patties. Thank you very much. I'll get my check on the way out. Good enough. <laughs> That's my review of the joke and the movie. <laughs> the fair. That was, that was a pretty good joke. Crabby Patties was a better one because, you know. It was the dark night to my first jokes could, Batman could, Begins. Could, yes, yes. Makes sense. More true to the comics as well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the Jerome Crabby comics that I'm guessing Alan Moore wrote. Probably. Where he just has sex with a bunch of people at the end. It's him or Grant Morrison. I mean, yeah, I mean, come one, on. One of the two. <laughs> Ryan K. Vaughn never got a hand on that ball. No, no. So, <laughs> should I do my recommendation? Yeah. You cool. Go for it. So, so you can find us online here. <laughs> this episode brought to you by stamps.com. <laughs> Clearly, it's Milk Bombs. You can find dude. us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify if you search Here Come the Sequels. And there's another one, probably. Go search. Here Come the Sequels.blogspot.com. You can't, if you give them everything, teach a man oh, to fish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> teach a man to podcast. And he podcasts That's for a lifetime. Good. Well, speaking Britain, of what is your what is your recommendation? my recommendation this week? So this is actually a movie that I did pay attention to and retain. Uh, my current favorite quote is from Bong Joon Ho, which is, "If you get over the one inch barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to many great films." So I'm going to recommend a Japanese movie from 1985 called Tampopo. Uh, this is directed by Juzo Itami. This is like a staple of Japanese cinema. I watched it on New Year's Day, uh, so it's starting off 2020. 
strong. This is a movie about uh, these two truckers um, who come across uh, – they, they stop off for dinner at this uh, small kind of down-on-its-luck uh, uh, noodle shop run by this woman named Tampopo. And meeting her, they decide to – take they take it upon themselves to make her the best darn noodle cook she can be. And the movie is essentially about how to cook noodles and making her a good cook. But a lo- it's really a thematic movie about food and about the way that food uh, – the way that we interact with food in our lives in various ways through family, through grief, through sex. There are scenes of food being used erotically. Trigger warning for um, two adults trading an egg yolk back and forth with their mouths a lot. Um, so you might want to ride that fast-forward button at a couple of parts in this movie. Um, but it is otherwise a very funny, very beautiful movie about the beauty of food and about the beauty of sharing meals and all the different ways that that can impact our lives in business meetings, as a child, um, as we grieve someone, as we love someone. It's a really lovely film. And there's, as such, there's a lot of beautiful footage of like traditional Japanese food being cooked, which is delightful. <laughs> it's a great experience. Um, you also got uh, – it's beautifully directed. Uh, it looks great. Uh, fans of Japanese cinema will recognize the lead actor. Uh, I believe his name – I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to get it wrong, so I'm going to look it up. But they will also recognize uh, the great Koji Yakusho in a, a, a very entertaining role as gangster in a white hat. Um, I know and, that character. Yeah, exactly. You know, from all those old serials. Uh, Tsutomu Yamazaki is who I was referencing. Tsutomu Yamazaki, who is a regular collaborator with Juzo Atami. And uh, fans of movies all over will recognize the great Ken Watanabe in uh, a very early role where he gets to wear a conductor's hat and various colorful neckerchiefs. Um, is his is his character's name called Man in White Shirt? Better. It's his name. character's name is Gun. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he, he never. You raised he, it. You raised I know, it. Right? I didn't think that was possible. I know. Juzo Itami Gattis. <laughs> uh, but it's a really lovely film that is. If you like great food, if you like cool Japanese movies, if you like life, check if out. If you like uh, pina coladas. If you do like pina coladas, come on in from that rain, make one, and sit back and enjoy Tam Popo. I've been Britain, signing off. Hey guys, I'm back. So now we get to do the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, real quick, um, listeners at home, I think you've been tabulating those clues. Time to figure out the answer to prime time. So, real quick, Alex, where do you think Alex Prime is this week? Um, I'm gonna go with Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Breaking Bad, and she was just like, "I got to visit." That's one vote for Albuquerque, New Mexico. Tyler, where do you think Alex Prime is this week? I'm gonna also go with Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm actually gonna go. Sorry, um. Albuquerque, New Mexico, plus one. Okay. Uh, so Which that, I guess to make sure be... that I, if that is the correct answer, I'll get it right and not Alex. Okay. I don't know any other cities in New Mexico. Do, 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 do. Well, the answer <laughs> is, you might have guessed it, Helsinki. Sorry, guys. She's in Helsinki, New Mexico. <laughs> she is in Helsinki, New Mexico. But I think, I think I was close, right? right? You were closer, but Helsinki is actually Albuquerque plus three. Ah, oh, But you were close, so you still get a prize. Uh, you can choose from the prize box after you leave. <laughs> the I assume this has uh, fake vampire teeth. Fake vampire um, teeth, one of those little bead things where you try to get them through the maze. Sticky hands. Sticky hands. <laughs> Some yep. smarties. Laffy Taffy? Smarties aren't a toy, Alex, though they are fun. a fun snack. 
Um, so you get to get one of those, and Alex, you get to try again next time. Um, <laughs> that sounds about right. I feel like that's the game I'm playing with this podcast every week. <laughs> Do you regret letting me on the show yet, Alex? No. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Well, guys, uh, we're excited, excited y'all have joined us for another year of podcasting fun. We're, we're back in it with the with these James Bond movies. So next week is License to Kill, Alex, that's correct? Yes. It, it, John Glenn, he directs the next string of movies, right? No, no, no. The, the next one is his last. Oh! So he, direct, he directed the latter four Roger Moore movies and then both Dalton movies, and then he's gone. Okay, Mo Martin Campbell did it. Okay, I, I was I got yeah. mixed up. Cool. And then Martin Campbell resurrected the franchise for the first time, and it won't be the last. Well, then it's time for us to. Well, next week we'll be saying goodbye to John Glenn and all the great memories we've had. Uh, but for now, <laughs> we still get to enjoy him. And as we look into 2020 with new movies, new jokes, new travels, and hey, maybe some new friends, we're all very excited. And where will Prime be next week? Oh, I couldn't give that away. Customs, right? Um, and, uh, guys, until next week, I've been Britain. I've been Tyler. I- I've been Alex. And, and you're uh, having a good year. <laughs>